The Plant Better Podcast is brought to you by Sweetfish Media. You don't have time to write and promote a blog for your church. Let Sweetfish do it for you. Find out more at sweetfishmedia.com. You're listening to Plant Better, a podcast dedicated to helping church planners launch and lead gospel-centered and life-giving churches. If you're a church planner looking for tools and resources or encouragement and wisdom from other church planners, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. All right, today we are talking to Chris Rich. He's the lead pastor at Damascus Road Church. Chris was an executive pastor of a church of about 300, and the lead pastor then left to go plant a new church about 20 minutes away. So Chris was put in a position where, uh, you know, his lead pastor just left. Two-thirds of his church is now gone because they went to go plant the new church. And he was really tasked with was replanting a church that was, you know, eight-plus years old. Yeah, a really unique position that very few people are probably ever going to be in. But even if you're never in that spot, you probably could learn quite a bit. Uh, Chris talked about, you know, how do you really alleviate the pressure when you feel like you're starting over? How do you give people the the freedom to celebrate? It's really cool how he kind of talked about that. And then he talks about how to not get bitter when things maybe don't go quite according to plan. And I think you guys will really enjoy this. So without further ado, here's Chris Rich. All right, we are here today with Chris Rich. He's the lead pastor of Damascus Road Church. Chris, how are you doing today, man? Hey, doing great. Uh, really excited to get to talk to you guys and to talk to your audience of uh, church planters out there. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, so Chris, you've got a, a little bit of a unique story in that you've uh, you kind of had to replant a church, and so I think your uh, your story is going to speak uh, to a very specific type of church planner. So, really excited to kind of extrapolate your story and then uh, and then have Kenny and I kind of jump in and, and ask you some questions that I think will help um, really just add value to to a church planner that that can resonate with with this story so I guess to start just kind of share your story what happened what the last year or two has looked like for you and then we can dive in uh, and, and ask you some questions yeah, sounds great. So I know, you know, a lot of the guys you're talking to are traditional church planters. So you're, you're used to getting a, a small core group, you know, on your living room couch and maybe you graduate to the garage and then the, uh, 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 and then maybe an elementary school before a main building. But, um, we've been part, uh, my wife, Tara and I have been part of a church plant here in Marysville, Washington called the Master Service for the last nine years. Um, and as a church planting church, uh, we've sent out three different church plants over the last four years. And so it's been a real, profitable season, but um, with that, over the last um, four or five years, um, I started out as the executive pastor uh, over a church that thought they were going to go multi-site. So we were looking, we'd sent out two independent church plants, we were looking to maybe do a multi-site within our county or area, uh, and so that turned pretty quickly to where uh, we realized that we were going to be sending out um, our lead uh, pastor, our founding pastor, uh, who'd been the, the planning the church in his uh, living room uh, and had been leading it for about seven years, and, and he really felt a strong call, and our elders affirmed it, uh, for him to plant a church really about 15 to 20 minutes away from where our current church is at. And so for uh, guys who are executive pastors or, um, you know, uh, first-time church planters that might be replanters, when your lead pastor um, comes to you and says, hey, I uh, am, am really feeling called to plant a church uh, about, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes away from you, um, 
He's not called to plant the church, you are. Uh, because the reality is, um, is when a lead guy who's a real good, uh, strong uh, leader um, goes and plants a church that's still within kind of your same community, um, we had planned to have about a third of the people go with him as a corporate. Um, but as, as you know, we're, we live in a, a day where you know you can uh, turn north or turn south and, and go to whatever Costco or Starbucks or whatever you want. So everybody has their preferences. And so while we planned for a third to go along with him and a core group, it really ended up being about two-thirds. So we were a church of about 350, um, meeting at two services in one location. Um, quickly became a church of um, uh, it was multi-site with, with multiple services. Uh, but we ended up sending out um, uh, about 225 people with him. So we had about 125 uh, that stayed with us in our core group here uh, in Marysville. Uh, and with that, um, church planting, you know, for the, for the folks that, that stay, uh, or the folks that aren't part of that first initial plant, um, is a lot like giving birth. And so you go um, through a really exciting period where you're anticipating this new work that's going to be happening, uh, but then you give birth and there's just kind of an energy drain. So uh, we lost, uh, or or had folks transition out. They were great musicians, great small group leaders, great administrators. And so then the core uh, that we had, we really had to look around and say, wow, who are we? What are we going to do now in some sense? We had kind of the defining leader uh, of our church be transitioned out. And so um, it, my last two years has really been replanting uh, a church of a core group of about 125 uh, folks um, as, as a rookie pastor. Uh, and so uh, the challenge was, is that for the first year, um, I didn't know I was a church planter. So I thought I was just a pastor <laughs> for an established church. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you see where the challenge might be there. Uh, and so, you know, I'm like, hey, I was the executive over a 350-person church with three staff and a, and a decent budget and some resources. And now I'm a solo guy um, going into the office every day uh, by himself um, with, with a core group of, of folks, that many of which were, were kind of hurting uh, over some of the, the transition and the loss. And, and quite quite frankly, I was hurting over the transition uh, and the loss. And so it really took several months uh, until we reset our culture and said, well, rather than just celebrating the new work that, that God's doing one town over at the church that we planted, um, let's recognize that we're a church plant. And let's stop acting like we're an eight or nine-year-old church that's had something lost or taken away. And let's start acting like a one or two-year-old church plant. And let's celebrate every win we have. So 2014 was all goodbyes and sending out and, and finalizing all that. 2015 has been hellos, um, celebrating new works that God's doing and, and anticipating what's next for our future. So um, uh, can talk to you guys now after kind of going through what seemed more like a, a stormy or challenging season. Uh, and, and so really encourage you with what God's done. But if you don't do it right, um, there's a lot of um, uh, pitfalls that can get in the way for you personally as a lead. Uh, and then even managing or leading a culture of a church that needs to be replanted. And how, how did you do some of those things, Chris? You talked about just um, kind of look, looking at as a uh, as as a church plant um, from a branding perspective or operational perspective. Did you guys do things? Did you make a shift away from things you were doing? If so, what are some of those changes you made to kind of embrace the idea that we're going to view ourselves kind of as a replant, not necessarily as an eight or nine year old church? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think first and foremost, it's, it's, it starts with you and your heart and where you're at. So um, you've got to put to death uh, any aspect of your expectations. Uh, 
uh, and how you are going to succeed the guy that came before you. Um, you know, uh, the New Testament's pretty clear about, you know, people coming in and building on the shoulders of other men and the work that they've done. So it really, it starts in your own heart to say, okay, I'm going to fulfill the ministry God has called me to. I'm not just going to continue the ministry that, that, that he gave to someone else. And so rather than trying to be the best, you know, um, uh, planting pastor I could be from, from Sam Ford is the name, the guy that, that founded our church, I was I needed to focus on just being the, the Chris that God called me to be. So it starts with, with you and your heart foremost. And then eliminating any comparison. Right, you know, you've you've now seen a church that's full and thriving and active, it's planting, and now you're not seeing some of those same things right away. And and, and the easy thing to do is to fall into comparison and, and frustration. Now, to, to your specific question, operationally, culturally, what are some things that we did? Um, it, it started right away uh, after that identification of okay, where the church plant was um, getting together with our elders uh, and our elders' wives and getting those guys together saying, hey guys, we are starting something new. We are not the same group we were or we were a combined elder board. We're not the same. Additionally, then we take that out and, and we grab all of our um, road group leaders and ministry leads and key volunteers and have them over to my house and say, okay, you know, hey, let's celebrate the work that God's been doing for the last eight years. But let's just be real frank and upfront. We just said, hey, guys, we're treating this year as a church plan. And the collective relief that was felt in the room was, was palpable because everybody kind of has a sense that that's really how things are. But nobody really wants to say it because they don't even want to undermine you as the new pastor or, or, or admit that, like, wow, no, we've already gone through core group stage. We've already gone through going to two services the first time. All those first, we've already gone through that. It's like it's painful to say, no, no, we're going to have to go through all those baby steps again. And so you start with your core that's committed and you get buying from them. And then from a branding standpoint, um, it was really helpful that the church that we sent out, they actually – it can't be a distinct church in their name and their branding so that we stopped being um, kind of twin or something like we were multi-site. So they changed their name to Restoration Road. I know it's similar to, to Damascus Road. But it was helpful for us to remember that we have one autonomous identity. And so uh, if you are um, uh, have sent out a, a church um, uh, that, that's now thriving and really successful or you're um, uh, the guy that's taken over something where there's other things in your area with a similar name, I would just try to press into as much distinction as you can because um, every Starbucks looks the same, but every one of your churches is going to look uniquely different based on your leadership and your core values and things like that. So, so we just scale things back too. We, get, we, we cut everything down, uh, again, operationally. Um, we cut down uh, all of our ministries except Sunday mornings and small groups. And so we said, we're just going to go back to the basics of our DNA and do that right. And then we slowly layered in all the things that really we built out over eight years uh, and slowly just started adding those as we have the right horses that, that can run it and the, and the people that are going to be involved. Awesome. Um, have there been any, uh, like, as far as you personally, like you, you know, you mentioned that coming back into the, I mean, you had a staff of three. Now you're coming into the church alone. Um, was there anything that you did personally that was particularly beneficial? Be it like, did you find a specific mentor that kind of helped walk you through this season of life? Or like what? Because I, I, I can imagine that the the personal turmoil to like be able to lead well in this 
uh, has to be overcome. So I guess, I guess kind of speak into that, Chris, like what did you do personally to put yourself in a position to really be able to come out and go, okay, this is the vision that I'm casting now as, as a church planting pastor. No, no, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, it came um, with a lot of transparency with my elders. Um, you know, I, I was a guy that replanting. I had two elders with me, still have two elders um, with me. Uh, and then we noticed, hey, man, you, you know, your energy level used to be a lot higher. Your enthusiasm was different. It seems like you're really focused on comparing our church to where other churches are at. Uh, and so they were really able to act as a mirror for me right away to say, hey, there's something not healthy there. And so um, pressing into that was, was really, really helpful. So I would say whoever your, your key leaders are, whoever you're, you're in community with at a leadership level, just stay transparent with those guys. Be open and honest with them about what your struggles are uh, because they'll notice it one way or another. In this case, in my case, they just noticed it before I did. Um, I did kind of sound some alarms and say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm getting bummed out. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I feel like I might be struggling with some depression. I feel like that, uh, you know, there, there's some dark things happening, happening spiritually. I'm not a, a real charismatic guy in that sense, but, but I just knew something was off. And so additionally, um, I, I also sought community from other lead pastors in the area. So um, guys who were, were peers in some sense, but then I also specifically sought a mentor relationship um, with an older pastor who's about a generation ahead of me, you know, close to my dad's age, um, who was actually an associate pastor at his church. So, you know, really just had a real pastoral heart, not not just older brother, but maybe even, you know, you know dad or uncle figure. And then was meeting with his, him monthly uh, with really no other agenda than to just kind of vent what's frustrating, what's good, what's bad. And then, all right, Chris, check your heart here. What's going on here? And a guy that could ask you some, some good questions. And then, you know, for us, our relationships with our church planting networks have been really beneficial. So um, we are part of a local network of church plants called Three Strand. You know, Ecclesiastes 412, a quarter of three strands is not easily broken. And that's about seven or eight church plants from Seattle to the Canadian border. We're right in between. And then obviously our connection to Acts 29 uh, regionally have been helpful. So just make sure that, you know, we, we always tell our people, you know, there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian and, and to press in the community uh, and to, to be transparent and, and to lean on relationships with others. But then we don't do it as pastors. We don't do it as churches. And so really the, the road to health for me is, is just that of uh, any disciple and, and being in, in community with people that can ask you hard questions, can encourage you, and then also at certain points admonish you like, hey, you, you need to quit whining about this and get to work. That's really good. Hey, in, in addition to that, just maybe some more specific questions about personal. Um, if, as I look at myself, I'm honest. I mean, I, I look at my own depravity and my own selfishness. Yeah. Um, I, if I were in your shoes, um, and I apologize if this is out of line, I, I'd be, I would struggle being bitter if I'm honest, if <laughs> I were you. And so I, I guess I have to ask it. Um, and if you don't want to answer it, we can edit it out. Um, but I, you know, what, did, did, were you ever tempted with, with feeling kind of bitter and, and, and then what would be your advice for someone out there who, how do you deal with keeping from being bitter um, you know, you, you have this vision of how it's supposed to go. It doesn't quite work out the way it was supposed to. And I've been in seasons of my life where things were supposed to work out a certain way. They didn't. And I was pissed. How do you yeah, deal with that? Yeah. Sure. No, that's a great question. I don't mention that at all. And part of it is because of just what the journey of the last years looked like. You, you know, uh, the tone of this interview might have been a lot different uh, 12 months ago. <laughs> so just, just, just that. Um, you know, 
one thing, that, that, a couple things you need to, to always focus on. One is your primary identity. So, um, so much of us, um, you know, I, I was in, in business and marketing before as a pastor, and then I, you know, uh, you know, had a lot of identity. Like, hey, I get to be a full time ministry. That's great. Wow, now I'm getting to be a lead pastor. That's been aspirational for me. That's great. What happens though is when we take our primary identity of son of the king. Adopted by the blood of Jesus, uh, and that He says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Not based on how you're serving as a pastor, or whether your church is growing, or or what your role is, but by what Jesus accomplished two thousand years ago on a cross in your place. Well, that remedies a lot of bitterness. When you, when, but what we do though is we get those identities inverted all the time. And so, um, you know, for me, I had a lot of identity wrapped up for a while in who stayed and who left. And so, you know, I was in a position where like half of our a small group that we've been with for two or three years, uh, they made the decision and, 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 you know, guided them in certain standpoints to transition to the church plant that we sent out. That's really hard for my wife. She, you know, she struggled with feelings of loss. Even my kids, hey, those kids you play with are gone. Um, and so um, if you have a vision of the kingdom of God that's just the size of your small group, or just the size of who you're seeing on Sunday morning, um, then every time someone leaves or transitions out or something's you know, taken away from you, um, then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden the kingdom's losing. But when you're able to rest in your identity as a son of the king and recognize that God's doing amazing work, even through division and separation and distinction of churches, then all of a sudden more people going to the church down the street is a win. People in your small group who weren't engaged in mission before, but now are finding um, new opportunities to serve in ways they weren't before is a win. And so um, that's where, yeah, the, the bitterness, it's real. And you've got to fight it. And that fighting, like I said, goes back to community. But I think it, it always comes back to, to us in a certain sense that bitterness comes in from losing our primary identity as a son of the king. And then, you know, for us, you know, theologically, I'm a, a relatively reformed guy. So, you know, uh, even this pain, this sorrow, this, this challenge we went through during this birthing process, uh, God didn't just use it. It wasn't a surprise to him. He purposed it. And he purposed it for my growth uh, and, and for my sanctification and for my family and for our church. And so um, I hope and I know that there'll be people that listen to this down the road that, that, that think these struggles won't happen to them or uh, maybe won't even admit that they're struggling as much as they are. And I just encourage you um, to, to reach out to, to people who are safe that can, uh, that can encourage you or admonish you uh, in that. Uh, in your bitterness, um, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we are uh, not immune uh, to that at all. So I think that's that's a great question for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, Chris. Um, really, really stoked to to share this with with our listeners. Before we let you go, if if there's um, somebody out there who's really either going through this now um, or you know has recently gone through it and they want to connect with you, how can how can they get connected with you? Yeah, e easiest way would probably be to just find me on Facebook, um, Christopher Rich, uh, on Facebook, lead pastor of Damascus Road Church. Otherwise, you can go to our church website, which is um, rdchurch.org, so like roadchurch.org, or just you know, simply Google Damascus Road Church uh, in Marysville. And so I'm happy to talk to, to anybody that's kind of going through this because, um, you know, we've been on some, I think, big heart issues, and that's fantastic. I'm really glad that's where you guys went with this. Um, but there's some more tactical things to, to, to walk through as well. And, 
and, and pitfalls that can, that can come up in terms of sharing budgets or, or making plans and things like that, that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh, be the, the brother that walks through the pit first and can tell guys to, to not fall down those certain holes. So I'm more than happy to do that. Love it, man. Thank you so much, Chris, for your time. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Man, Kenny, such a great conversation uh, with Chris. I feel like there are so many valuable tidbits uh, from from that interview. One of the things that stood out to me in particular was when Chris talked about having to make that mindset shift when he came to the conclusion that like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna call this what it is, and and this is a church plant, and yeah, we've we've done a lot of these firsts before. We've gone to two services. We've you know we've we've grown. Uh, and, and hit these mile markers, so to speak, before. But we're going to have to do that again. And getting his entire core team around that idea of, uh, of you know, calling it what it is. This is a new church plant. We're going to treat this like a new church plant. Really seems like it really invigorated uh, his folks around a new mission and, and kind of propelled him into seeing now the, the success that they've seen. Yeah, it's, it was really cool to hear him just talk that talk about, uh, yeah, call it what it is. And so often, I think in leadership, we, we want to pretend things are not what they are. And the reality is we actually were better off when we're just honest. The, the thing that really stuck out to me was when I asked him, like, how do you just keep from being bitter? If I'm honest, if I was in his shoes, I, I might be frustrated and maybe be bitter. And he just talked about the idea that um, our identity is in Christ, not in our achievement. You know, he talked just about coming from the business world and some of those things. It's just the reality that uh, that when we are when our identity is in anything outside of our identity in Christ, we run the risk of getting very bitter. But when we're identity is in Christ, we never get bitter. And in fact, after the interview off air, he said something to us that just really was really cool. Just kind of give an idea who Chris is. He said, you know, we used to be a church of a few hundred, two fifty, three hundred, whatever it is. He goes, now you have a church down the road. It's two hundred. Uh, or 300, we have a church of 200. We're now at the kingdom of God. Now it's 500 people. Mm. And so rather than viewing it as, well, we used to be a church of 300 and now we're a church of 200, you could feel like a failure and you could get bitter. But he says, you got to have a, a bigger perspective because the kingdom of God now has 500 people rather than what would have been 300. And having that perspective keeps him from being bitter and begins to celebrate what God's doing. So just remember that, man, our identity's in Christ and there's a bigger perspective. If you love this episode today, you'll definitely want to join our private Facebook community. We created this group so that church planners from all around the world can share wisdom, resources, and encouragement with one another. You can join the group by visiting plantbetterpodcast.com slash FB. We're really excited to connect with you there. If there's a church planning topic that you'd like Kenny and I to cover on the show, leave a review on iTunes and let us know. Not only do those reviews fuel the content for the show, they actually help us reach more people within iTunes. Thank you for listening to the show. Until next time.